Hola, muchachos. My name is Abby, and welcome to Meet My Monsters! So, hi there. How there? Ho there. Hi. How are ya? <laughs> It's me, Abby, here again, and you may have noticed I took on a bit of a Spanish twist when I did my rudimentary greeting at the beginning of this potty, and that is purely based on what we're going to be covering today. So I am super excited for this episode because this little cryptid is one of the better known ones throughout the world, believe it or not. Um, but yet today we are going to be getting into... La Chupacabra. Okay, so that totally didn't have the desired effect that I wanted it to. <laughs> However, I tried. Um, but yes, if you know where that reference comes from, if you can tell me, tell me on Instagram, tell me on Gmail, tell me wherever you choose to tell me. The first person to tell me where that reference of La Chupacabra <laughs> comes from, I will literally buy you an ice cream wherever you are in the world. I will buy it for you on uber eats or whatever your delivery service is in the world but yes if you can tell me where that comes from done deal and ice cream is yours and the first one to tell me obviously i'm not going to buy ice creams for the whole world not like the whole world listens to me but <laughs> you know what i'm saying but anyways yes guys we are going to be doing the chupacabra today and i am super super excited about it um but yes, before we get into this little beastie, let me just have my weekly rant because that's always fun. So um, we are now in stage four of, I wanted to say load shedding, but that's a completely other story nightmare here in South Africa. But no, we're in stage four of the COVID lockdown. So we're allowed to go out between 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the morning to do exercise so you can run or cycle, you can walk your dogs. XYZ, that kind of thing. And I must say, since that's come into play, I'm feeling a lot better. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm going completely off my rocker anymore. So that's amazing. So every morning I've just been taking my little doggos out for a walk. And yee, it's been glorious, I must say. Walking is really for me, guys. But yeah, so my week's been <laughs> pretty damn boring. Because all I can tell you is that I enjoy walking my dogs. But yes, without further ado, let's get into La Chupacabra. In the dark of the night, through the shimmer of the moonlight, the beastly creature took its prey. The goat screamed, some fled, but one unlucky critter met its match. In the morning, the horrified farmer set his eyes upon the poor goat. This was the common tale running during 1995. This week, we explore the intriguing, relatively new cryptid known to all of the Americas as La Chupacabra. Don't worry, I'm not going to do the sound effects again. But anyways, guys, I was today years old. Yes, it's time for that already. So personally, I had no freaking idea that the Chupacabra was so young. And I mean that in terms of like folklore. I don't know how old they grow. I don't know how old the Chupacabra is. Maybe they grow to be 80. Who knows? I don't. But yes, I had no idea that this folklore tale rendition of the scripted was so new to the world 
I say that it's like 25 years old so that's still relatively old but I mean like it's not like the Kraken or Loch Ness Monster or Bigfoot that's been around forever well, I actually don't know how long Bigfoot's been around for but anyways this is a new beastie and yes I had no idea it was so young so the first documented accounts of the the chupacabra was only reported in 1995. So I've been around for longer than this damn beast. I was five at the time, so do the math. But yes, I was old. I'm older than the chupacabra, which is just nuts, if you ask me. So the first whispers of a vampiric-like creature made the rounds in sm- in a small uh, Puerto Rican town known as Moca. The deaths of various animals were attributed to the being known as El Vampiro de Moca. However, little else was heard about this creature in particular. That was until 1995. So yes, in 1995, the first actual reported encounter, if you will, with the chupacabra was documented. Before then, there was just that one story about El Vampiro de Moca in 1975. So... Basically, it took a hiatus for 20 years and then came back into the public eye. So the first encounter linked with the chupacabra happened in 1995 was when farmers found eight sheep dead with three circular puncture wounds on their chests. All eight creatures had been completely drained of blood. These killings took place in Puerto Rico, but weren't, uh, they weren't initially linked to la chupacabra. It was only after the first eyewitness account took place and stories began to spread that the eight farm animal deaths would draw a link to the cryptid in question. So now we're going to discuss the first eyewitness account of La Chupacabra. I'm not going to do it again. Don't worry. You may get a few more La Chupacabra sound effects, but not right now, guys. Not right now. But where will be the first eyewitness encounter? So... The first encounter linked with, uh, oh no, I'm reading the wrong paragraph, excuse me. (laughs) So the first eyewitness came to us from one Madeline Tolentino, who was a resident of Puerto Rico. In March of 1995, Tolentino first laid eyes upon the hideous image of La Chupacabra. The beast was staring at her through her window one evening. Apparently, as many as 150 farm animals had been found dead and completely drained of blood in her area. From there, the myth of the creature began to spread like wildfire. It was thought, no, it was as though people of the Americas had caught La Chupacabra FOMO. <laughs> that sounds like such a dad joke. But literally it was. Like as soon as this first story came out, stories of the Chupacabra and Chupacabra encounters and sightings and whatever just kind of like sprang up left right and center and everyone was going nuts for this thing and it sounds very much like a mothman situation going on but nonetheless stories of this blood-sucking vampire beast quickly spread through the dominican republic argentina bolivia chile colombia honduras el salvador nicaragua panama peru brazil and the southern states of the united states of america oh and mexico Mexico's in that list too. Sorry, guys. So, yeah. Um, it would seem they didn't stop in the 90s, to be fair. So, um, there was an account in 2018 where a huge amount of chupacabra sightings came from the state of Manipur in northwest India. 
So yeah, it didn't stop in the 90s and it didn't stop in America, apparently. <laughs> Furthermore, there was... Um, I did see this recently. There was... Uh, I don't know how recent it is, actually. I just I saw, learned of the story recently that there was like a humanoid um, chupacabra cryptid sighted in Portugal. But yeah, it, apparently it was like a huge hoax, according to Snopes. But yeah, it's worth a mention. So... What were the distinguishing features of La Chupacabra attacks? So the name Chupacabra literally means goat sucker in Spanish. So Chupa is goat and Cabra is sucker. So <laughs> as you can expect, um, the Chupacabra liked to eat goats. So apparently they favored hunting this kind of creature. However... It was reported to broaden its palate every once in a while and prey on other livestock such as cows and chickens. The animals were said to be left with two to three puncture wounds in their throat and to be drained completely of blood. So now we know how they hunt. Let's see how they look. So speculation of La Chupacabra quickly leaned towards the UFO persuasion, especially when they spread to the United States in the early 90s. However, when the turn of the millennia came, the chupacabra began to take on another form completely. So, without, you know, confusing the situation, let's start with the first accounts of la chupacabra. Um, first off, we have the reptilian. And this critter is about, uh, it's reported to be between three to five feet high. So, it varies in height. It's heavy set, covered in a body of scales. And um, it's got a row of sharp spines coming down the length of its spine. Um, it also has a tail, and these spines continue onto the tail. Um, and the creature, yeah, the creature was reported to carry a foul odor, one which could not be imagined by those who have not experienced La Chupacabra. Furthermore, this particular rendition of the Chupacabra was reported to be bipedal. So, for those of you who don't know, it means it walks on two legs. Next up, we have the canine description of the chupacabra. And this is the one that surfaced um, in the noughties. So, you know, in early 2000s, this kind of account started coming out. And I must say, this rendition of the chupacabra comes specifically, well, I've noticed it specifically from the southern states of the United States of America. So, not necessarily the South Americas. This is more a U.S. beast. So this beastie is reported to look a lot, a lot like an emaciated dog. However, all reports of this dog-like monster are said to be hairless and possess, once again, a foul odor. This chupacabra is a four-legged fiend, so it's not bipedal. Now, both versions of the beast share one thing in common. They both have red, glaring eyes. Once again, sounding a lot like our Mothman guy. <laughs> but I don't think it's a Mothman. Don't worry. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that the Chupacabra is a Mothman baby. However, the latter version of the cryptid is actually quite interesting. So the doggo version. Because there are actual dead remains of the Chupacabra which have been reported to be found quite regularly. So unlike other cryptids who leave nothing but prints and blurry photographs... The chupacabra has left remains, police footage, and even a live capture. Bum, bum, bum! Okay, 
So let's get into that live capture situation. In 2014, a couple from Texas claimed to have caught a real-life baby chupacabra. How they know it's a baby, I don't know. Maybe it's small. Uh, I don't know. But they were steadfast in believing this little thing was a baby chupacabra. So Jackie Stock and her husband, Bubba, <laughs> Bubba, not baby, found a strange hairless dog-like creature in their backyard one afternoon. The couple captured the animal and kept it in a cage for the rest of its life keeping it fed and hydrated. Their neighbour, Arlen Palmer, was convinced the animal was a baby chupacabra as well. So guys, now we get into that inevitable time of what was the beast? And I know it seems pretty soon in the episode to be getting into this. However, there are a lot of stories, if you will, or uh, beliefs as to what the chupacabra could actually be. So this is going to make up the bones of the episode and it's actually quite interesting to see all the different accounts so um what was it there we go so what is this thing that plagues the americas so is it a dog is it a, is it an alien who can say but i'll tell you what i think it is and we all know i'm going to tell you what i think it is but let's look at all of the different accounts first Okay, so first up, we have got, um, yeah, the, the, the human account or the human claim. So when the first initial reports came out about the vampiric cryptid, a lot of speculation leaned towards the chupacabra being the works of a satanic cult. It was speculated that they were doing the round sacrificing livestock to perform their rituals. This could be plausible. However, I don't see a bunch of Satanists puncturing the throats of livestock with two hole punches. Like, I just do not see that as being possible. I want to say something, <laughs> but it might be horrible for sensitive people who don't, you know, like me, who don't like animals getting hurt. But it, it, it I've always thought that if, you know, like an animal is going to be sacrificed, it's going to be sacrificed, like with a throat slit kind of situation. Horrible to think about, but I don't think that you know, Satanists go around with an office punch going like, Papa, there you go. <laughs> I, I don't see that being plausible. So to me, that sounds like a bite mark, the two hole punches. You know, it doesn't sound like the office punch being punched into an animal's neck. But we will delve more into the bite mark situation later. So now, remember I said also at the beginning of this episode that there was speculation about the chupacabra being an alien. So, um, apparently there were like rife kind of alien sightings going on at the time. Um, and it was a very popular thing in uh, the US specifically to claim that it was an alien. However, there's something really interesting going on in Puerto Rico that we don't know about. So, interestingly enough, during 1995, a relatively spook spook movie was released. The sci-fi horror film entitled Species had a character called Syl in it. Now, the interesting thing about Syl is that he's almost an exact match for Madeleine um, Tolentino's description of the chupacabra. Furthermore, Tolentino confessed to seeing the movie before making her report about the creature. This is a direct quote from her. So, it was a creature that looked like the chupacabra, 
with spines on its back and all. The resemblance to the chupacabra was really impressive, Tolentito reported. So perhaps the sci-fi horror thing had a bigger effect on people than we are taking into account. So I'm just putting this out there. Perhaps that, um, what was the name of the movie again? Species. Maybe, maybe, species actually scared people into a sense of mass hysteria. So this happened with Jaws. You know, people wouldn't, my dad told me he wouldn't even bath after Jaws. He wouldn't get into the bath, he was so scared. And I was horribly let down when I watched Jaws because I was expecting a megalodon and then bum, 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 just a shark. Oh, sorry. Anyways, okay, I digress about Jaws, but yeah, so that did happen with Jaws. Mass hysteria, mass scare came about when Jaws was released, so it could have happened again. You know, I'm just saying. Um, so that is the alien, maybe that's where it came from, situation. But where would the Chupacabra canine version have come from? So perhaps it is an unknown creature running around and causing alarm in Texas and South America. Well, not just Texas, like southern states of America. But I'm just saying, it could very well likely be a lesser known creature um, that we haven't yet discovered. So maybe it's a cryptid. The next one, the next explanation, might have a little bit more bones <laughs> than my, my cryptid guess. Um, and that would be, uh, it comes from an actual dog. So the Solo, which is spelled X-O-L-O, is an incredibly rare dog breed. And the main reason why this could possibly be the Chupacabra is due to the fact that this dog is also known as the Mexican hairless dog. Yes, let it sink in. So the Solo is completely hairless. It's got no hair. So another reason, and this once again, is just completely based on my pure personal uh, speculation. Um, so another reason why the Solo could very likely be the Chupacabra <laughs> is because if you haven't seen it, you won't know why. But this dog looks scary as hell. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, so they have these kind of like all penetrating demon dog eyes, which just seem to stare into your soul and make you feel incredibly judged. And this is from me looking at it from Google pictures, not in real life. So I don't even want to know what those demon dog eyes are like <laughs> in real life because they'd probably scare me silly. Um, so yeah, I'm sure they, they're lovely dogs. I don't own one. I don't know anyone else who owns one. But, you know, like I love all dogs. But between you, me and the wall, if I had to see one of those things staring at me through my window in the dead of night, I would also very quickly flip my damn lid and cry chupacabra. Easy. Easy peasy, one, two, three, bish, bash, bosh, done. But I don't think that the cryptid is a solo. So there is actually a theory that I lean towards when it comes to the chupacabra. In October 2010, biologist Barry O'Connor from the University of Michigan released an interesting finding that would put a spin on the chupacabra myth. He concluded that all of the bodies found in the U.S., because remember I said that there have been bodies of the chupacabra found and brought in for examination, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, the bodies of this animal that were found were nothing more than coyotes suffering with sarcopetes, what? Sarcoptes 
Scabie. I don't know how the hell to pronounce that. <laughs> and this is why I'm not a vet or a biologist. But anyways, that is just a fancy name for the common parasite known as scabies. So this thing is actually quite gnarly. It's actually very, very gross as with regards to what it does to a doggo. So um, basically uh, the scabies parasite burrows its way beneath a dog's skin and causes symptoms which are pretty synonymous with La Chupacabra. <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> but anyways, though, um, yeah, this this kind of parasite causes a lot of similarities between the chupacabra and the coyotes who's got scabies. So let's get into why. Um, any dog suffering from scabies will experience a loss of hair. Okay, so all of their hair will fall out. So they'll okay not. In most cases, all of their hair will fall out, but in some cases, they're left with patchy hair here and there. Um, the dog's skin will become very thickened, and the animal affected by the parasite is left completely drained of energy. So this would explain why the animals prey on livestock. Due to them being exhausted, they can't keep up with their usual prey of rabbits or deer. As a result, the slower-moving domesticated livestock were basically sitting ducks for them. But why then would they leave their prey uneaten? Well, it is known actually for coyotes or dogs to kill and not consume. This can be attributed to a few reasons, such as the animal being an inexperienced hunter, the animal being injured, or in this case exhausted, or the animal will find it difficult killing their prey. In these situations, the, um, the attacked prey will then escape and it will die at a later stage. So another thing that was left out of all of the livestock attacks is the fact that they were never actually drained of blood. <laughs> Farmers claimed that this was happening, but they weren't. They were just dead animal carcasses left with puncture marks in their throat. Um, so furthermore, in one or more accounts, the prey had had their throats ripped out. So they'd actually, you know, had their throats removed. So in my opinion, maybe that is all the starving dog could manage to get before it became too exhausted from attacking and whatnot. So in a nutshell, here are the reasons that I believe La Chupacabra <laughs> is nothing more than a coyote with scabies are the emaciated look. So the scabies suffering dog will not be able to hunt for themselves and as a result become thin and starved. The hairless look, it's kind of a no-brainer guys, but Animals with scabies will lose their hair. The scaled look or reptilian look. So animals with scabies develop a thickened skin which can flake and look scaly. The puncture marks on the prey. All dogs or natural predators will always go for the jugular. Hence the bite marks. The exhaustion. This is why they choose to hunt livestock. So there we go. You know. It, for me, it's pretty black and white as to what the chupacabra actually is. So now, remember I said we'd get back to the story of the baby chupacabra that was found in Texas. Well, after the story surfaced, a lot of uproar was caused in the animal rights community by people stating that it was barbaric to keep the little pup in a cage. Which I completely agree with. Like, screw you to Helen gone Bubba and whatever Mrs. Stock 
mustn't keep an animal in a cage. It's just mean. So the animal activists basically urged the couple to release the chupacabra before facing animal rights, um, I mean, animal abuse charges. So the sad part of the story is the couple didn't actually have to. Upon inspection by a vet, they found that the little doggo was nothing more than a coyote suffering from scabies. The little pup was soon put down upon guidance by the vet to put the animal out of its misery. The vet claimed that the animal's condition was too far gone and there was no hope for rehabilitation. So there we go, folks. Bish, bash, bosh. I believe that's the Cooper, the, the Cooper Cabra. <laughs> that La Chupa Cabra is nothing more than a sickly little coyote. And that breaks my damn heart. I don't like to think of animals being so sick. But anyways. So if you want to disagree with me and tell me what the Chupa Cabra actually is. Or if you just want to hang out with me and be a cool person. Catch me on Instagram. My handle is meat underscore my underscore monsters. Catch me on Twitter, which is meat monsters. Send me a Gmail, um, which is meetmymonsterspotty at gmail.com. Or go check out my website, which is meetmymonsters.com. And remember, if you know where La Chupacabra <laughs> comes from, don't forget to tell me. On those platforms because the first lucky teller will get a freaking ice cream. <laughs> but anyways guys it's been swell like always. And I hope you're having a great Friday. And I hope you have a great weekend. And I hope you have a great week. And until next week. Bye. <laughs>